welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compassion, a podcast by Dignity May, a program of Agape, and made possible by the contributions to Agape. Thank you. This is a different podcast. Instead of interviews, we have conversations. This is my attempt to demonstrate examples of what I call compassion conversation. Through these conversations, I hope to address the discord in our families, in our communities, and in ourselves. And finally, to focus on the greatest need of our time, the need for compassion. Well... As I sit here and uh, finish this conversation with Sarah, I think of the power, the power of community, the power of faith, the power of social capital. I'd love you to listen to the parts of this that I allow to come alive in her own story rather than me just asking question after question. And you begin to see the beauty of her interactions with the people in recovery, in her church, her family, and her close friends. Sarah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. What I'd like to do is to, um, as you know, this conversation is really about demonstrating compassion. I would really love to get to know you. So tell me what you'd like to tell me about Sarah. Gosh, um, I am a mom and a wife and also a person in long-term recovery and a Christian. Um, and I love learning about people and knowing people and knowing what makes them them. Mm. It's, a, it's a long list of jobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them that stands out is that first one that really is important to you, which is mom. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. I have four children mm. here on earth with me. I have um, an angel child, mm. and they keep me busy. Mm. So these uh, five children in your spirit <laughs> um, keep you busy in reference to... There's a part of you that really wants them to have the fullness of life. Yeah. And then there's another part that wonders oh, about me and how I do that as a mother. Yeah. I I heard something a while ago and it said, you're, if you're wondering if you're doing it right, then you are. Mm. <laughs> right. And you wonder a lot. Yeah. Whether you're doing it right. Yeah, I think so. My kids are pretty young, so they're just coming into who they are and what they want is strong right now. Um, 
but just trying to give them patience and compassion and kindness and also education, mm. all of the things. And sometimes it must be hard when you're trying to deal with your own long-term recovery and trying to be present in the community. You have a leadership position in the community as a recovery coach. You're doing a lot of different things. Sometimes it's hard to be patient and kind and all of those things with the spirit of five children. Yes. <laughs> um, I learned just to not pray for patience anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have it. <laughs> and that's when the big lessons come. And that's when you're handed something huge that you have to learn to overcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I am grateful for the coping skills that I've learned from my recovery that work in everyday life. Um, and I, that's a big thing for me that I stress is that recovery isn't just for people who have substance use disorder or um, any, you know, of the typical addictions, but just for humans. Mm. They're useful um in all areas of my life. And a, and a big part of that for you is the, is that Christianity, you called it, uh, the, the religion, the spirituality. The... Yeah. Without, without God in my life, I, I couldn't imagine where, where I've been. And he's been there for me through a lot of hard times and, and a lot of good times. And, um, I, I definitely am not afraid to make sure that the glory goes to him. Mm. You, you have taken moments when it was, uh, pretty difficult and sort of leaned into faith and it's really been helpful. Yes. Yeah. I, I've had moments, I think, where I just lay down on faith <laughs> and that's all that that is carrying me through some days um and I get to rejoice in what he's doing for me after I get to I lay down and let him take care of me and lay my burdens on him and then I can rejoice in that after and I've learned that it's much easier to do that than to try to take control myself mm. and and do everything for my glory and and control. I'm not driving the bus anymore. <laughs> I made a mess of that the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a mess yeah. at times. Absolutely. Yeah. And you found a way, and that way was to surrender. Yes. You know, to really, truly surrender. And uh, it really made it all the difference in the world because then you started to realize things started to unfold for you. Yeah. I, when I was grasping at control of my life, looking back as the moments that I wanted the control and I was grasping for the control is when my life was most out of control. Mm. Um, losing family members losing my self-control to addiction mm -hmm. um, and most recently losing my child. It's the difference 
in um, my addiction and losing my father to how I handled losing my daughter are complete opposites. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. Right. You losing your daughter has been re- relatively recent. Yes. Just um, August of this year. Mm. And you could feel how much you've grown just by letting go of her. Yes. Yeah, I... It's strange to explain to people because I get the question, how are you still sober and how do you still have any faith left after such a horrible thing happened? And um, we didn't know what was going to happen to my daughter, Pearl. Um, We knew that she was really small and that something was going on, but we did all the testing and everything came back okay. And so when she was born, we decided to help her breathe if that was the case until we figured out what was happening. Um, And it turns out that I was grateful for not knowing now, looking back. Um, I wanted answers. I think that's a human drive to just want to know why things happen. Um, And then being able to not know it but have my faith there and just lean on on faith and lean on God through that um Mm. looking back was was the best thing that could have happened and I think he had a hand in that um because most of the tests come back for babies that have triploidy which um is what she had and so in the test they look for um an extra chromosome on whatever chromosome, like um, trisomy 21 or 18 or whatever number there is, is an extra chromosome on that chromosome. And she had an extra chromosome on every Mm. one of her chromosomes. And so it it came back an even number, therefore not being able to tell what was going on. So um, she survived nine days and um, we got to hold her and be with her and Um, We didn't find out until after she had passed what was going on, but I just had this overwhelming calm to me when I was in the hospital with her, Mm. and it was painful and raw and horrible, but um, God showed me that he was there even through that. Mm. You're so thankful for your recovery process, and you're finding your Christianity, your faith. So you could be there with Pearl in a calm way. It's just, it's just so amazing to kind of hold Pearl for nine days and watch, you know, with some kind of strength her be taken by God as you would mm-hmm. see it, you know, be held by. Yeah. And that's not to say that my addictions and that, that was the biggest pull to go back to using that I've, that I've had. Um, and when that door slammed shut, when we had to leave her, I thought, this is 
this is it. This is my golden ticket and I can use and nobody would blame me. And people were almost expecting it, I think, because it's a horrible thing. Mm. Um, and I'm just incredibly grateful that I know that that first thought is an addict thought and mm. to go with the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First thought wrong. Yeah. <laughs> first thought wrong. I love it. Yeah. Just... And you could feel the pull, not not only that people would give you those space, but that there was like a a whisper inside you that says, this is this this demonstrates that you're not lovable. Hmm. This demonstrates that you're broken. This demonstrates that the world is not to be trusted. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to um parenting as well because not only did we have to deal with that but then we had to go home and tell our children mm-hmm. that and um putting them through pain as well mm-hmm. makes it 10 times harder in in my perspective and um yeah it's it's a literal pull like yeah. every day it's too much it's too much and um but one day there's a release. Mm. There was a release. And even though grief waves come come back here, there, and it's hard to talk about sometimes, um, I feel like one of the gifts that God's given me is to share my story mm. if, so that it could help somebody else go through going through this. Yeah, and thank you for doing that right here, right now. I'm very appreciative. You know, because the thing that you're talking about that's so powerful that is universal is that people have awful things happen to them and they can feel the pull. And they can feel the pull to recreate the all of that addiction again, all of that lifestyle, all of that, let me destroy myself, let me die. Yeah. Because the pain was so great. Like, I, not only do I feel the pain for saying goodbye to Pearl, no matter whether it's going to a good place or not, it still hurts, hurts, and hurts. Yeah. And then I have to look at four children, one after the other, and their pain. Mm. And I have to look at my husband's pain. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that, just a whisper of part of me that goes, I don't want to do any of it. <laughs> yeah. Some days it was a scream. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a whisper yeah. at all. <laughs> it was yeah. it was a scream. Yeah. yeah. Um, and your community, you know, and if anybody has read or or heard me speak or anything at all in my life, community and my community is a huge piece that I uh, am uplifting constantly. Um, and they my community really wrapped their arms around my whole family, which I was grateful for, of course. Um, but I had to go back and face my whole community also, right. you know, and going right. to. Right. And there's a part of you that wasn't sure that they would wrap their hands around you, that the pain might be so great. Yeah. So you had to somehow lean into faith again. that maybe they will. Yeah. And they did. They did. They did. And um, 
going to church that first day back. Um, everybody always hugs me at church and hugs each other at church anyway. So um, it was expected. And But I didn't know because people will either play it like you have you know, a disease and they don't want to be near you or that they just want to hold you and, and take you in their arms and, and love on you. And, um, pretty much everybody loved on me and, um, even my children, my son was, he's 10 and he was concerned going to football again. And his friend was standing in the middle of the field, arms out, ready for a hug. And so I'm grateful for that community for, for doing that. It's amazing that you would be in that much pain, you know, the hurt and what social capital, what, what community, what, what all that can do for you. Mm -hmm. I love the story of, you know, that his good friend is out in the middle of the field saying, you know, with his arms open saying, I would just would love to give you a hug. Yeah. At such a young age. At 10 years old. I know. <laughs> and so, and, and trying to learn from that the isolation is really where that voice of just use, just just keep using. It's too painful. And the community voices that we love you. Yeah. And you can feel the value of that, almost like a there's a medicine in the the capital, the social capital. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, it was interesting to me, you know, looking back, I, I've kind of dissected how some of that played through and how we handled it and what helped and what I could have done better. And, um, I remember going to open house and I couldn't go to my oldest son's because there was a set of stairs and I had had a C-section, so I couldn't do stairs. Um, but I went to my younger two kids um, open house and everybody was so kind and, you know, and they really let me have space in those moments where I think they could probably tell that I just wanted to be here for my children and they respected that. Um, but they were also surprised and and verbally expressed to me like I can't believe that you're here and that's so brave of you to do that and you're a good mom and hearing all those things that I that I didn't know I needed to hear um was just a it was a really great moment looking back <laughs> yeah I can I can feel like there you are on that first floor of the school and you you're trying to get just you're trying to just get back to life and focus in on you know your children and what they need and to listen to the teachers and there's people looking at you going I'm so glad you're here yeah yeah thank you for demonstrating the courage which is faith right yeah total total faith <laughs> that the community would hold me yep that that, that uh, it also doesn't go well there's also people, I loved how you said it earlier, there were people who couldn't want to get near you, you know, because the pain was so great. So they took, you know, they went down the other aisle in the church and you could see it in your eyes, like they're just trying to stay away from you. Mm -hmm. And you could feel that too. Yes. And it's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something that I don't feel like we talk about a lot. 
but it should be talked about how to have compassion in that moment. And, and everybody is different. And so what I find to be compassionate towards me, somebody else may not like or enjoy. Um, but there's so many different levels. And if we could learn how to put ourselves in the shoes of someone else in any capacity in life, um, compassion can only grow from there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, just there's such a beautiful lesson of learning how to dance with people. You know, everybody has it in a different way and a different feeling. Some people like the felt sense. Some people like thoughts. Uh, but they they want somebody to sit with them and witness them. Yeah. And you just would love that uh, message to come out. Like, it doesn't matter how painful it is. You, you can provide compassion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have two really good friends that are the perfect example of that. Um, one of my friends, she's around my children a lot alone. She'll babysit and whatnot and take them to do things. And um, my other friend comes over for coffee but doesn't babysit. And we love each other's children in two totally different ways, but they're equally my best friends and and um their love languages are different and so the way that they showed me compassion and love in this one I called at 4 30 when I was going into labor with Pearl and she came with my children I had I had COVID at the time and two of my children had COVID at home and she risked herself to go stay with my children so my husband could come be with me um which was amazing and my other friend, after we had gotten home and settled in, she had brought us stuff and snacks for the kids and, and done all these wonderful gestures. And she helped me um, clean out baby clothes and take things back and give things away. And so she gave in a different way, but equally as important, you know, and I think that's they both read what I needed in that moment and were able to give it to me in the capacity that they were able to, not to make them uncomfortable and not to make me uncomfortable, but settling somewhere in the middle. There's something remarkable you did with both of them, which is you welcomed their difference. You just said, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be the way I want you to be. Mm -hmm. You'll show up the way you want to show up. Yeah. And they're extraordinary. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you learned that it's about also your tolerance of accepting the ways in which people will come and sit with you and hold you with compassion and, you know, perceive what might be needed to be done yeah. and to be open to that, to almost say yes rather than no. Because there's always a part of you that has always said, no, that's too much or that's, you know, there's a no there that you've been trying to do in your life. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of saying, yes, I let, let the spirit, let them, let it move me. Yeah. How do I say it? How do I say thank you? 
Yeah. And even accepting the help is mm. is a whole step on its own. And um, growing up, I had a very strong-willed mother. I still have a strong-willed <laughs> mother. <laughs> um, and we handled things, and she did all the things mm. on her own. And so I grew up with that same mentality. And so that's um, control, yeah. you know. Right. And how you've been able to just let go of that somewhat, to let these two friends in and other people, the community, the church community, your recovery community, you've let people come in and help. Yeah. And that has not been easy. No, no. <laughs> the control piece, I don't think ever fully goes away. Just like addiction <laughs> yeah. doesn't ever fully 100% go away. That pull is always there yeah. to, I, I can, I can I, do it. <laughs> I can do it. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I love how you said it. My mom gave me this, this gift of strong willed. And in some ways it's been very helpful to me. And in some ways it's not been so helpful to me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I hope mom's not listening. <laughs> well, uh, she lives with me over, over my garage in her own apartment. So she's very aware. <laughs> She's very aware. <laughs> well, and you know, again, you're trying to figure out like what is, what you know, what is control of one's life, and what is letting go, and where do I, where where are they coming? I always think of archery, you know, where you you got the bow and the arrow, and you're holding it, and you you're holding on, and then you also have to let go. You know? Yeah. And where do you where do you hold on, and where do you let go? Yeah. And part of your recovery has been. Just trying to figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And really taking what I can use from other people and and leaving the rest. Mm. And each person that I come in contact with is able to teach me something. Yeah. And again, your vulnerability to say, teach me rather than I know. Hmm. You know, because at this point with all of this wisdom, it's pretty easy to tell people what you know. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, it's not that helpful. Right. Yeah. You know, you're always trying to mess with that yourself. Yeah. Trying not to fix others, but to just be present for them. Yeah, I started and I started out fixing. Um, I so badly wanted to fix mm my community and my family and my friends and everyone. Um, I probably started off way too fast and way too furious. Um, and it came from a good spot, but like you said, it, it just wasn't doing any good because it, it's shown to not work that way. And nobody could understand where I was coming from because I didn't have the knowledge to let them know how I was feeling. I was just telling them what they should be doing for me or for themselves or, you know, and again, you know, when you feel broken, the tendency is to try to fix not only yourself, but others. Yes. And the problem is you were never broken. <laughs> yeah. Nor are they. Yeah. 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 We're all sort of, Doing the best we can with the resources we have. Right. Hey, so it was as we finish up, and, and and I'm just, you know, this already, but you know, I'll say it out loud, and I'm just always impressed by you and 
uh, in your journey and your faith and, um, you know, your willingness to come today just to maybe somebody will hear this and find a way to lean into that faith just so that they mm-hmm. can make the next day. Yeah. Not follow the pull. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what would you like to say as you get a chance with this wonderful opportunity to say to people and that are working with people in recovery or are in recovery or just the average everyday human walking the sidewalk? What would you like to tell them after you've been through all of this? Um, I think where I have wanted to put a big emphasis in my story is how important my faith is in all of this, um, because not every platform is willing to let me share that. Um, and for me, that's huge. My higher power is, is God as I know him and, um, whatever term you would like to put it. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's taught me to really just understand what's important in life. And that's not the materialistic things. Um, But we have so much treasure here on earth and within people. And I've come in contact with so many wonderful people. And it's, it's only built me up. And some people I've only met once and didn't think I would ever meet again and some I don't and some I do and um the love and compassion and kindness and understanding I was an addict and then I was a stay-at-home mom and then I decided that my community needed needed an advocate and I didn't go to college um no fancy education but I just want to know people and I want them to feel loved and to let them know that somebody cares mm. out there. And if somebody cares, then they could have faith. Yes. And then I'm just doing God's work. Yeah. And I'm not trying to change anybody. Yeah. But I want uh, people to know that if they could lean they could surrender. They could use their humility and their vulnerability to lean on community, lean on others. That is God's work. Yeah. And that's what I needed to say as I was letting go of Pearl, as I was healing myself. Yeah. And I want other people to feel like courage is faith. Absolutely. Yeah. And letting go and not being in control because we don't need to be in control. And there's a, there's a big sense of peace missing when we're constantly grasping at control. And, and when you're able to just let that down and take a deep breath and okay, what, what's going to be is going to be. And, um, I have the tools and the power and the support to go through whatever that may be. <laughs> How beautifully said. Thank you. I'm very honored again. If I over say it, I hope I do. 
Thank you. I appreciate you having me here very much. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcast. I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to all the contributors to Agape Inc. for their support in making this podcast possible. If you care to join us, please go to DignityMain.com to get involved. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. And take good care.